Well, we've nearly made it. Just two chapters to go. What can go wrong at this point? Have you read them? Good. Good. What an adventure, though. We said our theme as we were working through the book of Daniel would be about exploring the sovereignty of God, our lives in his hands. There you go, the slide's up. I hope you really have feel you've met God throughout this. I have so enjoyed this series, Working Through Daniel, together. I'm so grateful to Sean, who uh, suggested it to us as elders some time ago. Just felt in God. This is an important book for us to work through, that we would see something of the greatness of God, understanding something of his majesty, of his love and passion for us, his people, and in this process we've learned about what worship is and humility and spiritual warfare and hearing the prophetic and a number of other things, and I think it's been wonderful. I have to say there's uh, just one complaint I've got, one lesson I've learnt. Never allow Sean to decide who preaches which passage. (laughs) It's not fair. It wasn't actually true, but it's a good joke. Um, Here we are, Daniel chapter 11 and chapter 12. Well, what on earth do you do with it? If you've read it, uh, I mean, it's so easy, isn't it? I I could sit down now, really, couldn't I? You've all understood it. It's all crystal clear what, what it's getting at, haven't you? I'll take the silence as consent. Right, time to sit down there. I have a confession to make. Uh, many years ago, in a, a church I used to lead it down in Bournemouth, we uh, had a very gifted Bible teacher amongst us, a man called John Hosier, who's uh, written books on the book of Revelation and various other uh, parts of the Bible. And uh, we, we decided as a team we would uh, study the book of, Bible, uh, of Daniel together and we teach through the book of Daniel together. And... Uh, uh, when we were discussing the content and how we'd break it up and who would preach which passage, etc., we got to the end of Daniel 6 and John said, let's not go any further than that. He said, I think there's wisdom in this. Let's just not go any further than that. Because after 6, it just gets a bit interesting. And uh, so this is the first time I've ever preached from Daniel uh, 11 and 12. And uh, it's great. Father, we want to ask, come and help us. Come and help us to hear your word. Come and help us to allow your word to shape our hearts and our lives. To draw us closer into friendship with you. And to empower us to live the life you've called us to. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, here we are. God is triumphant. That's the title I decided to give these last two chapters. If you've read it, what, you'll, what you've seen is chapter 11 is about lots and lots of different kingdoms coming and going. It's about this king will come and then they'll be defeated and another king will come and they'll be defeated and uh, the kings of the north and kings of the south and uh, it's about battle. And chapter 12, very simply, is about a different king. It's about the end times. It's about the king of all kings. And that really is the uh, theme I want us to use today as we consider it. You know, we could get into massive detail about what was this kingdom? 
Which, which kingdom is this one? Which kingdom's that one? How's it all worked through? The reality is, if you start reading the commentators, they all have different views. And uh, you know, most would uh, be able to say, well, we think this is this and this is that and this is the other. And this may be Alexander the Great and this may be and this may be and this may be. I want us to, to zoom out on these last two chapters, to take the big picture view. Uh, and really, what I'm hoping we can uh, see two themes out of these. In chapter 11, what we have is... Um, sorry, in chapter 12, I'm going to go chapter 12 and then chapter 11. In chapter 12, we basically see this big picture of the theme of the kingdom of God coming. That's really where it's going. And we need to remind ourselves that actually all other kingdoms will pass away. But there is a kingdom to come which will never pass away. And we'll come back to that theme in a bit. And then in chapter 11 what we see is really lots of different kingdoms coming and going. And I believe the lesson we can learn is this, that when man is in control, when man believes he is king, when man believes he's in control, Lord, or uh, the, uh, running his own kingdom, we corrupt things. We get it wrong. And each successive kingdom which we see in this passage of chapter 11, we just basically see similar things happen. That as man tries to take power and authority, as man uh, uh, believes they have a best definition of what is right or wrong, but do not acknowledge God's sovereignty, it goes wrong. And what I'd like to do to begin with is just draw out some themes, some lessons we can learn from chapter 11. Things we perhaps need to watch out for ourselves. Things we could trip over on. Things which uh, could actually give us a wrong perspective and then we're going to focus on this kingdom which is coming. You see, in chapter 11, we can see themes of things like control. And we need to watch out for control in our lives. Who's going to be in control of your life? Who is in control of your life? Is it under God or are you in control? That would be the simple message. Ungodly control needs calling out of our lives. If we think we're in control... What we need to understand is that means that God isn't in control. And if God isn't in control, then we are in rebellion to the Lordship of Christ over our life. And the simple question is, which one do you want? Do you want to be in control? Do you want God to be in control? I said, well, isn't that a bit harsh, Andrew? Isn't that a bit... Well, no, I think that's pretty clear here. We see it time after time in these kingdoms. These kings and these kingdoms want to be in control. For whatever reason, ego, whatever. They want to be in control, but they're not prepared to recognize the Lordship of Christ. Are you prepared to recognize the Lordship of Christ today? Not just in theory. You may say, well, I've been a Christian years and years and years. Great. Is Christ in control of your life? Or are you? Who is it? You may say, well, it's a, that's an interesting question to ask Andrew. Yeah, that means that perhaps we need to think a bit more about it then. Who's in control of your life? 
Christ? You. Which one's it going to be? Be prepared to submit and welcome his kingdom fully? Or are you wanting to control and tell him? Another theme which comes out of chapter 11 would be this. It would be a desire for recognition, a desire for uh, being seen as king, as lord, as the one in control. You know, one of the amazing things about having been saved, about coming into God's kingdom, is we all come into the kingdom of God on exactly the same footing. By the grace of God, with no worth, no merit, nothing to make us stand out from anyone else. And we all live in the kingdom of God on exactly the same footing. The grace of God. No worth, no merit, nothing else. Now God may gift us and uh, grace us to do things, but that isn't actually important. What's important is understanding who we are in Christ. Understanding that actually in Christ, as we submit ourselves in Christ... We become one. We're all the same. Our worth, our identity, our value, our status, they're all exactly the same. So we've got no right to think of ourselves more highly. Paul talks about that in Romans 12. We've got no reason to think of ourselves more lowly than others either. Now we come into the kingdom of God on one basis, one basis alone. Who we are in Christ, the grace of God. So when we read these passages where we've got these kings and kingdoms and they're wanting to make statements about themselves and they're wanting to be great, we don't need that. There's only one kingdom which we want to see extending and lasting forever. And that's the kingdom of God. And that's about God and his glory, not about me and mine. Some other themes you may want to draw out of chapter 11 would be power. There's lots of comments, I think, between verse 3 and 6. I can't remember how many times I read it now. Uh, but you just keep on getting this, uh, uh, this, this word power comes up. Then a mighty king will appear who will rule with great power and do as he pleases. And then going on a bit later, it talks about nor will have power he exercised and power this and power that. And you just realize that actually... The world seeks power. The world seeks power. Kings and kingdoms come and go. And they're all based on trying to seek power and exercise power. And of course we know that power actually corrupts. But godly power exists and can exist in our lives when we recognize and live lives under God's authority when we have his power in us not that we have power but we have his power in us that is the holy spirit living in us who will lead us and guide us in all righteousness there's another thing which comes out of this passage it's this it's of deception of lies of uh uh, how, how these kingdoms work and there's, there's deception goes on in verse 27 and other places, how they get control of one another, etc. It's the ways of the world. 
Deception is the ways of the world. And you may say, well, yeah, lies, yeah, lies are wrong. White lies are okay, aren't they? No. 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 So the clue's in the second word. If it's got the word lies in it, then it's lies. It's deception. It's falsehood. It's not true. Whatever the motive, it's still not true. It's deception. Lies destroy people. Lies break trust, create disunity. Lies are often rooted in trying to make us feel better and put other people down by making us greater. Lies can often lead to judgmentalism because when I feel better, when I feel high and exalted, then I can judge others. Friends, let's not be involved in this sort of kingdom. Kingdoms messing around with control, the desire for recognition, for power. Kingdoms which are about rebellion, that is ignoring the sovereignty of God. Kingdoms which are about deception or maybe even disunity because that's another theme which comes in here is how the greatest way for a kingdom to fall yet equally applies to us is when we are disunited. Disunity is the greatest way of dismantling a kingdom. Jesus talked about it as well with the Pharisees. where They, they weren't convinced whether he was godly or not and they, they thought he was Beelzebub. That was the devil. And Jesus said, no, 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 hang on. I can't cast devil out by the power of the devil. No, that's a kingdom which will fall. Disunity. There's a biblical remedy to disunity, which is that we work in unity together. That means we choose to prefer one another. We choose to exalt one another. We choose to lift one another up. And if we have issues with one another, then we go and sort them. Jesus had lots to say about that. You may want to read Matthew 18. There is a process there. If we fall out with with somebody else, there's a process there for how we deal with that. But the point is... Be united, don't be disunited. Friends, as a church, we need to work on our unity. When we start to listen to somebody, maybe because of pain or hurt or whatever, when we start to listen to somebody who is speaking against somebody else in our church, we're going wrong. We need to encourage them to stop at that point, to go and talk to the source, to go and resolve their issues. So we don't come disunited. Now you may say, what's happened? Why are you making that comment, Andrew? I'm making that comment because I'm finding it here in the Word. Not because there's an issue, okay? But let's make sure there isn't an issue. Let's beware of disunity and division and disharmony. There's another thought which comes out from this passage. Verse 36 talks about idolatry, self-worship. He does as he pleases. This king does as he pleases. And then goes on and talks about worship of other things and other people. Verse 37, verse 38. You know, one of the lessons I think we've learned from the book of Daniel is this. Idolatry stinks. It's got many, many forms and guises. It can come across in many ways. We talked about the writing on the wall a number of weeks ago when we were in that passage. Let's be aware. Let's be very aware that we don't get drawn into idolatry. That is the worship of other things or other people. 
where we put our hope in them rather than in God. These are some of the things which happen in these, these kingdoms which exist in this time which Daniel's talking about in chapter 11. They're just some of them. If you read through, you'll see some other themes which come out. I've just drawn a number out. And so chapter 11 presents the way in which the world works. It talks about the way of the world now, of power, control, deception, idolatry. Chapter 12, though, then starts to paint a very different picture. It talks about the rule and reign of God, the kingdom of God coming. That is the rule and reign of God. If you want a definition of the kingdom of God, it's bringing about the rule and reign of God here on earth. In my Bible, it's entitled The End Times, maybe in yours too. The kingdom of God works in a very different way. I want to highlight a few things about how the kingdom of God works, which are very different to the world. The kingdom of God is a kingdom where there's unconditional love and acceptance. <clears throat> unconditional love. That means you don't have to perform to know the love of God. It's free. It's available to all. Absolutely everyone without exception it's unconditional love which leads to god's acceptance of us wow acceptance of god yes acceptance of almighty god it's a kingdom which creates identity the children of god are given that name they're called sons of god that's a that's a status thing they're sons they're children of god that's who we are it means we don't need to go and look elsewhere for status or recognition or approval. We're free. We're released just to be who God's made us to be, to celebrate, sure, the gifts he's given us, to use the gifts he's given us to the full, to enjoy those serving others, to use them for the good of others, to serve wholeheartedly others, not just the church but the world around us. It's a kingdom of grace. Undeserved love. It's a kingdom of grace which leads to forgiveness. It's a kingdom of grace which leads to forgiveness and reconciliation. That people who are divided come back together. That the world who loves to uh, focus on, on uh, people who are all exactly the same and ignore everybody else. No, no, we're, we're part of a kingdom where actually we welcome people who are different whether they're different because of their uh, nationality or their race or their beliefs, whether they're different because of their background or the jobs they do or their, whatever it may well be. No, the more diverse we can be as a church, the greater the expression of the kingdom we are. Because <laughs> there's something which is amazingly powerful in, of the glory of God in diversity. That's the mystery Paul refers to in Ephesians chapter 3. Amazing mystery of God. Wow. Manifest wisdom of God is displayed in the diversity of the church. Wow. We're a kingdom about mercy. 
about mercy. Not about judgment in a wrong sense. Albeit justice is very important too. But we're a kingdom about mercy. Mercy shapes how we respond. How we respond to situations. How we respond to people. That's the sort of kingdom we're about. We are a kingdom about justice. Bringing God's justice to the world around us. That's not a wrong form of justice. Too often we can think justice means punishment. We say, oh, well, that means we can bring punishment, we can condemn, we can squash. We can make ourselves feel better and make others. No, 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 we bring the justice of God. The justice of God, wow. Well, none of us deserve anything. That's where we start from. We're all beneficiaries of the grace and mercy of God. But that means that we need to bring that to others. And that means we bring justice, the justice of God. We're a kingdom of faith. Not of fear, but of faith. Wow. We look to release and encourage and build people up. Not to condemn and to squash and to control. Faith leads to fear being defeated. It leads to release. Wow. Wow. Ultimately, we are a kingdom which is about peace. Peace between man and God. Peace between, God, uh, between man and mankind. Because we know that we have got our issues resolved with God, we can bring the peace of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God to the world around us. And that's the sort of kingdom we're trying to build, friends, I hope. That's the sort of kingdom we're looking for. That's what, we, that's what the end times are about. <laughs> that we've actually got to benefit from the grace of God as revealed in Christ. We've got uh, to benefit from the love of God as revealed in Christ. And now we're commissioned to see something very radically different happen to the world around us. So the big picture which we can draw from this is, first of all, chapter 11. Wow, well, that's how the world wants to bring about its kingdoms. And we need to remember that ultimately they all fall. But the kingdom of God, like a mustard seed, will grow and grow and grow. And we're about seeing the kingdom of God come. We're about the advance of the kingdom of God. Already victorious. Battles actually won. Sin and death dealt with, defeated. But now we are commissioned to actually bring that reality to the world around us. So we have choices to make. We have, first of all, I guess, that massive choice. Which kingdom do I want to be part of? Something which is temporary, maybe a bit self-fulfilling for a time, maybe quite indulgent for a time, maybe really nice for a time. But recognising that actually it's going to fail, it's going to fall, it's not going to last. Or do I want to be part of that kingdom? Part of that kingdom of God's amazing grace acceptance and love of course you may say well that's easy I, I made that decision years ago I'm a, I'm a Christian what do you mean there is, there is no choice I'm part of that well in one sense that's right 
But the reality is, of course, we have daily choices to make. We have choices to make as to whether we will uh, each day choose to live in the fullness of the kingdom of God or whether we will get drawn into the way in which the world works. Right at the end of Daniel, literally the last verse we read this. As for you, this is speaking to Daniel, go your way till the end, you will rest. And and then at the end of the days you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. What does that mean? Well, let's just break it down a little. As for you, go your way till the end, the end being the end of your life. You will rest. That's death. And then at the end of the days, that is at the end of the world, you will receive your allotted inheritance. Friends, I would be doing you a massive disservice if I didn't just pick up on this for a couple of minutes. Please let's understand that at the point where we come to be with God in heaven for the rest of our lives, we will each receive an inheritance based on how we've lived our lives. Let's live our lives for the glory and honor of God. Sold out for him and his kingdom. Let's not get drawn into the ways of the world, using the methods of the world, using the, get, getting absorbed in, in the obsessions of the world around us. But let's be confident. Confident that God is triumphant. Confident that we are part of a kingdom which will go on for eternity. Confident such that we give our lives to that kingdom, not the present Not the present day, not the temptations which are around us. That we too, when we come to the end of our days and rest, or maybe we come to the end of the world, because maybe that will be the case for some of us, that actually we won't die so much as we'll be here at the end of the world, because one day that is going to happen. When we rise, we'll rise to hear God's words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done for how you've lived your life. Well done for how you've trusted me. Well done for how you've put your faith into practice. What's it going to be? How are we going to live our lives? In the present? Battling away with the present kingdom? Or with the eternal? I'd like us to just pause for a moment and reflect on it. It's very easy suddenly, you know, to just go for a response. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all up for that. But there's a cost, isn't there? There's a cost, it means Change. It may mean moving away from some of these things I worked through. Control, desire for recognition, power, rebellion, deception, 
disunity, idolatry, self-worship. Maybe it's none of those things, it's something else. Maybe it's something that spoke to you in the passage when you read it earlier this week. Where you thought, oh, ow. Friends, how are we going to live? Are we going to be a people of grace? Of the unconditional love and mercy of God? Secure in who God's made us to be. Living by his spirit. Shaped by the grace of God. Looking to bring the mercy and justice of God. Living lives of faith. Which one's it going to be? Let's just pause for a moment. Speak to us, Lord, we ask. Help us to hear. Stir faith in our hearts to respond. We welcome you, Spirit of God. I just want to create an opportunity now that if you know you need to just reiterate that to the Father. Yeah, I'm, I'm all out for your kingdom. God, help me. Help me to leave those things behind. Help me to press forward. That may be just reiterating what you already know. Or it may be that actually today's a bit of a radical shift. I want to leave these things behind. Actually, I know that's, that's the wrong kingdom. I want to be involved in your kingdom, Lord God. I want to invite you to stand. Please don't stand because you feel pressure. Please don't stand because you're worried that others will look at you if you stay sat. This is between you and Almighty God. The King of all kings. But if you know you need to just say, yeah, God, I'm sold out for your kingdom again. I just want to say I'm totally sold out for your kingdom. Please stand now. Help us, Lord, we ask. Lord, we want to commit ourselves to you. To the advance of your kingdom. 
We want to lay, lay down all those other things, those ways and tools which we could use to build something of our own. And we want to say, Lord, we want to build your kingdom. Yeah. We want to play our part to the full. Oh, God, we can't do it without you. This isn't about us, it's about you. We ask, come, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Would you help us, Lord? Would you help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and your kingdom, to not get drawn into other ways of the world around us? Would you help us to leave behind ways which are unhelpful, which are ungodly? Would you equip us, Holy Spirit? Enable us, Holy Spirit, to live life sold out for you, almighty God. We commit ourselves to you today. Say, have your way amongst us. Build your kingdom here amongst us as a church and through us as a church to the ends of the earth. And particularly in this area of Alton and the surrounding villages and towns. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in each of our hearts and lives for the glory and honour of your name. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Please take your seats. We're going to finish at that point. Um, refreshments will be served. Uh, please uh, go and get your kids. Some, you've even got a couple of minutes before you need to go and get your kids. Rescue them from the children's workers. That would be great. Uh, let's enjoy friendship and fellowship together. One thing I meant to mention right at the beginning, I forgot to, just a quick heads up. A week on Tuesday, we've got an hour of prayer. That's a really important moment. Please try and prioritize that. Get it in your diary. Week on Tuesday here, 8 p.m. in this room, as far as I know. Hour of prayer. Let's prioritize that, particularly in our, in our gift week, in the middle of our gift week. Great opportunity to come together to seek God for his kingdom. Bless you. Thank you for being together.